0: Welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host at BirdSaw. Mr. Birdsall, what a, a tale of two weeks from a fantasy perspective. Last week was absolutely dog shit as far as scoring is, is concerned. And this week, they were giving out touchdowns like Halloween candy. This
1: week was fun. This week was a fun, fun, fun week. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was, you know, you and I were talking off-air before, and I said, you know, if you had a team that put up less than 120, 130 points in full-point PPR, um, something is very, very, very wrong with your team, because this is is a week where you should have been putting up points like it's nothing, just with the amount of points that were going around, guys that were put up more than 30, guys were putting up more than 25, they they were in abundance this week, and uh, yeah, as, as usual, can't wait to talk about it all.
0: Yep, I'm very excited. Uh, Let's start off with uh, Thursday. And so Thursday was interesting as far as like, um, I don't know, narratives. And Mark Andrews is the big story, honestly, coming out of that game, leaving with with the shoulder injury. And I mean, he got you more points than he did when you played the full game last week or two weeks ago. So that's something, but um yeah, that's kind of the big story. Also, I mean, if Mark Andrews goes out, maybe Isaiah likely is the guy is a guy that you can really target because he had a great game against Tampa Bay. Oh, likely is
1: going to be a must add in every, every single fantasy league. Uh, and I honestly, I think it could be with or without Andrews because you also got to factor in that Rashad Bateman is still not hundred percent. And if Rashad Bateman misses next week, then we're still talking about, okay, there's a void for the second option behind Mark Andrews in this passing game for Baltimore. And that guy could step up to be Isaiah likely. And we saw uh, Devin Duvernay have himself a nice game on Thursday as well. But in in terms of the one that I think would, you know, that's the most obvious would step right in and become the the number two option. It, it would in fact be Isaiah Likely. So yeah, he he's a must add. They have a buy in week ten, which stinks. But in terms of like, if you're struggling at tight end and you need someone to potentially fill in, I think with or without Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely is 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 definitely worthwhile of a pickup. And he's it's 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 gravy if Mark Andrews doesn't play. If there's no Mark Andrews, there's no Rashad Bateman. It's going to be all Isaiah Likely as the as the number as the number one guy and and Lamar seems to trust him peppered him with targets so yeah he's gonna be a, a must add this week in in all in all fantasy formats
0: yep and lest we forget in the magical ravens year of 2019 where lamar jackson supported three tight ends or something mm-hmm. like that yeah who's the other the other one it was mark andrews is hey nurse no there was a third one right
1: it was Hold on, please. I'll talk about, talk about the Bucks, and I will, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll find the information.
0: Okay. Um, well, Tom Brady, yeah, I'm surprised that Tom Brady's still playing with all the stuff that's going on in his, in his life at the moment, but I mean, more power to him, I guess, but he looks super out of sync with his receivers that are not Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans had a fantastic day aside from not scoring, you know, that score, went to uh, Julio Jones, of all people. Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle. That's right. That was the other one. Anyway, yeah, Julio Jones, of all people, was the, was the guy that scored for the Bucs, uh, who caught a receiving touchdown. Who, who had that one on their bingo card?
1: Yeah, who would have thought?
0: Yeah. But the yardage obviously went to the guys that you'd expect in Evans and Goblin. But I think... An interesting story from this game could also just be the running backs because there were – I feel like Rashad White looked a bit more explosive in this game than Leonard Fournette did, even though Leonard Fournette uh, scored the touchdown. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go more to White going forward as the season moves on. And I don't know if that's like super reach hot take, like a super reach hot take, but um, they they're trying to give give him looks. So, and he's done something with with the with the carries that he's getting, the limited carries that he's getting. So, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts to get more. But the Bucks' rushing offense is also terrible. So, I don't know if it's what that really means for fantasy.
1: Well, you obviously had to start Leonard Fournette, but with Rashad White, he's a must add. He's a must add. If he's available on waivers in your leagues, you must go and pick him up uh, pronto. Because what if something does happen to Leonard Fournette, then Rashad White automatically is going to be a top 15, top 20 running back uh, every, every single week. And even then, I mean, he's owned in 21% of ESPN leagues like that. That's that's
0: ridiculous.
1: He, 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 should, he should be owned in 70% of ESPN leagues. No problem.
0: He's a handcuff. To, to Fournette at this point a handcuff with potential. So I wouldn't, he's an elite like, handcuff. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah. So I'm surprised that he's not added in more, in more leagues. Mm-hmm.
1: He, he is an elite handcuff in the ilk of uh, Kareem Hunt, to Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard to Ezekiel Elliott. I'm um, trying to think of some other noteworthy ones. Jalen Warren to Najee Harris. Same elk, Rashad White, two Leonard Jamal, Wa-
0: Jamal Williams? Sure, sure. Even though Jamal Williams only seems to score when DeAndre Swift plays. I know. It's so weird. It's like, yeah. Well, and also it seems like he's, he, Jamal Williams only runs the ball when DeAndre Swift plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeAndre we'll talk Swift about
1: that. We'll talk about that for sure.
0: Uh, I don't want a stupid, re- weird situation. Oh, I would love to talk about it well is, yeah well i know because you well i mean i didn't start jamal williams i started swift but and it worked out kind of fine but
1: yeah swift is fine so yeah
0: fine. but anyway we're not talking about that we're talking about uh the the bucks how worried are you where we're at the midpoint of the season and it still doesn't seem like tom brady's on the same page with his with his weapons
1: Uh, The only ounce of concern that I have is for everybody not named Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm
1: still I'm still banging the drum that Chris Godwin is still one of the best lows out there.
0: Yeah, but at some point, it's like you keep saying, oh, they'll get it together eventually. And then the season's over or like it's a playoffs and they still haven't gotten gotten it together.
1: Yeah, but it, it's about tempering expectations with Godwin. Like, if you're thinking Godwin's going to be a 25, 30-point guy every single week, that's unrealistic. Maybe even 20 is unrealistic. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to give you mid-wide receiver two numbers, he had six catches for 75 yards. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good game for, for Godwin. In full-point PPR, he didn't kill you. No, like, he didn't. Think, if anybody lost this week, I don't think you could just point the finger at Chris Godwin and say, oh, yeah, that's the reason why I lost because of that guy. No, I I I honestly I don't think that you can
0: that you could say that. No, but I think it's still like when you actually watch the game, it's like it's worrying when you see the the missed passes and things like that and the, sure. the chemistry issues.
1: Sure. Sure. I I think it's that that's a very reasonable uh concern, but all in all, I'm not I'm not super worried about Evans. I'm definitely not worried about Evans because Evans just always seems to to get his. I mean, Evans Evans seems to be the alpha that Tom Brady just consistently goes to. It's a little concerning that he hasn't had, he hasn't had a touchdown since week four. That's a little worrying, but then again, you know he's been over 80 yards in three of the last four. Uh, just going off of the last two games, he's been over 90 yards in both, and with at least six catches and at least ten targets. So. I'm not super worried about it. Um, he gets a good matchup versus the Rams next week at home and then gets Seattle and week 10 at home. Uh, I expect really reasonable, good games from Mike Evans. I think at some point he's going to be the one that ends, ends up scoring um, in, in those matchups. I would think.
0: I would think so too. Uh, we also had a Kyle Rudolph touchdown or like a Kyle Rudolph sighting. So yeah, that, could, that could have been, that could have been interesting. We did. He
1: actually, he actually got a target in the end zone. I couldn't believe it.
0: I was like, "What the fuck, Kyle Rudolph?" Yeah, yeah I couldn't third, believe it. Third string tight end.
1: Yeah, a, a rare sighting from Kyle Rudolph.
0: Yes. Uh, okay, and then next up, the moving on to Sunday here, the game at Wembley. So the Broncos and the Jaguars. Man, not not a banner week for the uh, quarterback class of twenty twenty one. Not a banner week at all. No. No, not at all. Honestly, I saw a lot of similarities in what Zach Wilson did today to what Trevor Lawrence did today, because Trevor Lawrence threw two of the dumb they both threw two of the dumbest interceptions I've ever seen in my entire life. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trevor, Trevor, especially at the end of the game, the 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 game management there was not great.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, listen, Travis Etienne is your guy for this for this offense because he looks great, and that's fine. <laughs> but it's everybody else that's worrying for for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if Trevor Lawrence can't put put balls in the guys' hands, then it's just who who are you really going to trust here? Well, Evan Ingram was a
1: good spot start for anybody who did it. Got a touchdown in the game. Um, But Christian, Christian Kirk was, um, was bad, bad again, three for 40. That's not that great. That's not great at all. Um, so that's definitely a major concern. And, you know, we got to talk about is Christian Kirk kind of uh, just a very average receiver that's on a very bad team. And this is a game that Jacksonville really should have won. And I forgot who said it, but someone, someone that I, um, that I was watching the games with today said, when is it time that we start talking about Trevor Lawrence as potentially being
0: bad because that was all over. That was all over Reddit, all over Reddit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it it, it, honestly is, I I don't want to jump all over it because I was one of the biggest Trevor Lawrence supporters coming into the year. Like I just really found it very hard to believe that we could just go from Trevor Lawrence being, you know, one of the can't miss quarterback prospects of a generation to being terrible within a span of 18 months. I just don't believe that to be possible coming into the season. But now that we're in the season and now that we're basically, you know, hammering and hawing through
0: 2022, he hasn't looked that great. He really hasn't. Yeah. I mean, the first couple of weeks of the season, he looked amazing, but in re in recent games. Yeah. It just hasn't been great. I mean, I think back to that boneheaded interception against the Texans that is eerily reminiscent of the interception they threw to Justin Simmons in this game, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, what the fuck, where are you going with that? Like, who are you hitting with that pass? Correct. And Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like going off of stuff that I've seen online from what people are saying, like he just has too much confidence in his arm. And, like that works in college, but it doesn't really work in the NFL. Uh, that that is a hundred percent right. That's a yeah. hundred percent right. And I'm not taking credit for that because I I didn't come up with that myself. but honestly once it, once I read it, I was like, you know what that actually makes a lot of sense. It, it's hundred percent dead on. He's trying to win the game by just airing
1: it out and trying to be the, the you know the biggest arm out there. And that's just how it works in the National Football League, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, it's similar to the guy that was picked right after him. It's borderline arrogant to try and do that.
1: Oh, we'll talk about him.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, for the Broncos, you know, Russell Wilson coming back, we didn't know what we were going to see from him and as far as, like, the receivers. Great game for Jerry Judy. Great. Yep. Especially, this is more telling because it's with Russell Wilson at quarterback.
1: Yeah, and they they chose to double Cortland Sutton a lot, and that left Jerry Judy in a lot of 1v1s, and he he benefited from that greatly. A really, really nice game from, from Jerry Judy. And even the running backs, even the running backs, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray both scoring. I'm not saying invest in this backfield because it's still gonna be very, very messy moving forward. They're gonna both need to score touchdowns in order to return some sort of start value. But they both they both scored today. I started Melvin Gordon in the guillotine and when I saw him score. Um, I nearly just jumped through my entire ceiling. I was so happy because I thought I really thought that was going to be one that was going to screw me. So him scoring was great. Lat Murray scoring was great. And yes, if you started Denver Broncos running back today, they didn't kill you. They didn't kill you. They got you your touchdown and you're, you're pretty happy.
0: Yep. That sounds about right. All right. Uh, Let's talk about, the Bears and the Cowboys. Sure. So this game, oh, my God. Honestly, the most deflating thing I've read, I read on, on the Internet after this game was, I think it was a quote from Jerry Jones saying that they're still going to stick with Zeke, even when he comes back. Why? I'm like, did you watch this game?
1: Yep. Oh, it, it, it's... It comes down to how much they're paying him at this point.
0: Well, yeah, they're trying to like just they're trying to justify the the price tag, and I mean, what? So it's this year after this season. Do they have an out in Zeke's contract? They have a friendly out, yes. So at this point, it's like just just you know you're probably going to get rid of him after this season and have it be Tony Pollard's backfield.
1: Well, I, I see everything that I heard out of the people my people in Dallas was they've kept on hammering the same point all week long was that the Cowboys don't believe that Tony Pollard is a guy that can handle the work by himself. Just every, every first, second, third down, they don't think he can be that guy. And Malik Davis, who was a caller from the practice squad in this game, he got 10 touches and almost. scored. Good. Yeah. He should have scored. He, he he should have scored, stepped out, and then uh Jake Ferguson had, ended up getting the touchdown instead. Um, but the 10 touches that Malik Davis got in, in the game, he was he was very effective, he was very good. Um, but the story, of course, is going to be Tony Pollard. 9.4 yards per
0: carry. That's crazy. And three touchdowns. I mean, Tony Pollard, every run it seemed like he was on, the free it was like the second or third guy tackling him. He's so talented. He's so talented. But the thing is, is,
1: is even if they go away from Zeke at some point, whether it is, you know, but this year or after the season, if they release him, they're going to bring in somebody else. And this is going to be a committee. They'll probably draft someone in the second or the third round to have to be like the change of pace guy with Pollard to be the more, you know, North South guy, but this should be Tony Pollard's backfield next year. This absolutely should be. And not to mention like, the Cowboys offense, let's you know give the Chicago Bears a little bit of credit because the offense for the Chicago Bears was really, really good. Justin Fields, I thought, had a really good game against a Cowboys defense that has been the, probably the best pound-for-pound defense in the league this year. Justin Fields had a really nice game against them. It's just that the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. It, it was bad. It was bad, bad. Yeah. So, you know, we, do, we have to look at it and say – yeah, the defense was bad, but the offense just looks so much better with Pollard being the lead guy this week than it did last week when it was a combo of Zeke and Pollard. Now, and it plus, could be, you could also D- say that it was Dak getting another week of you know preparation under his belt. I was going to say, yeah. All of that, but the offense just looked, it flowed so much better in, in this game.
0: Yep. And also we had, an immaculate stat line. Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson, friend of the
1: program. Friend of the program. What a great guy. Love him.
0: And was on one target also. So Ah, ah, that's a a, a double immaculate stat line. That's right. Oh,
1: what a great guy. Oh, king.
0: Yep. And shit. And you know, talking about Dak, I mean, Dak looked really great in this game. Um, found Dalton Schultz a lot. Ceedee Lamb caught a great touchdown. It, just all around good game for for uh, Dallas here. Yes,
1: yep, they look good. And and like I said, I'll continue. I'll continue to bang the drum. Uh, I thought Chicago looked really really good as well. So I, I don't think, I don't think anybody on Chicago, you know, can. Uh, Anybody who had a Chicago Bear today could not be upset. Even yeah. Cole, even Cole comet scoring his first touchdown of the year. Like good good for the Bears.
0: Good for we the had Bears. A, I, we had a, a Nikhil Harry sighting.
1: We did. We did have a Nikhil Harry sighting.
0: Who would have thought? Just a bunch of a bunch of old players coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Uh let's talk about the Panthers and the Falcons. This game was nonsense.
1: Yeah, this, is, this, was, this was a really entertaining game. This really was really good.
0: Um, Welcome back, Kyle Pitts. Welcome back to the land of the living. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, gra- granted, it was against
1: the Carolina Panthers, but
0: he's got to be able to do Panthers it. The Carolina Panthers shut down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last they week. They did. They did. They did, and Kyle Pitts,
1: Kyle Pitts looked great. Kyle Pitts look great. But the problem is, as we always say in this podcast, I'm going to say it again. Do it again.
0: Yeah, he has to do it again.
1: has to. And I'm going to say it again to everybody out there. Trade Kyle Pitts now.
0: Yeah, there's somebody
1: out there that thinks Kyle Pitts is back, that Kyle Pitts has rebounded or whatever, trade him. Trade him. Whatever you get out of the trade is going to be better in the long run than Kyle Pitts.
0: Yeah, this is the definition of a sell high.
1: Yes. Yep. If you can get, if you could do Kyle Pitts for Dalton Schultz, I would be doing that in a heartbeat.
0: Oh my God. That would be fantastic.
1: In a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. Um, But I mean, honestly, great game for the Falcons. Great bounce back for the Falcons because they looked pretty lifeless against Cincinnati. So,
1: yeah. And both running backs look really, really impressive in this game uh, Algier and Caleb Huntley. You know, even though, even though Caleb Huntley didn't, his, what Caleb Huntley did did not translate to fantasy scoring, only 9.1 points, but had 91 yards rushing. Um, and then Tyler Algier didn't really do much on the ground, but had the uh, had the receiving touchdown. I thought both passed the eye test with with flying colors. Uh, we're still waiting on the return of Damian Williams. And then, you know, within the next week or so, we got to talk about the return of one mommy, Cordero Patterson.
0: That's going to add definitely a couple of wrenches to the backfield. Once both of those guys come back. I fucking hope not.
1: I know there is, there is one person that belongs to be carrying the work, uh the bulk of the work on that backfield, and his name is Mommy.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, but these two, but Huntley and Algier have looked really good. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a bit of a running back controversy for, for Arthur Smith. And maybe they'll just use all three of them. Oh, Oh, that'd be sickening. I don't know. But on the other side, speaking of great running back performances, welcome back to the land of the living Deonta Foreman. He's a thing again. He's I mean, a thing again. That was, this was an old school, unbelievable performance. 118 yards, three touchdowns for Foreman. He looked like a man possessed. In trade,
1: trade, 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 trade. Yeah. Sell I.
0: Yeah.
1: 118 yards rushing in back to back weeks coming against the box. Impressive. And the Atlanta Falcons. We do
0: have as impressive.
1: some breaking news about Cooper Cup. Um, okay. injured his ankle late in the game versus the 49ers. Sean McVay said that Cooper Cup did in fact injure his ankle and will be and will be further evaluated tomorrow. Okay. If Allen Robinson was dropping your leagues, go pick him up right
0: now. Yep. Hey, maybe maybe they'll trade for Brandon Cooks.
1: Well, there's now an opening to do so. And I would yeah. love that. Oh my God.
0: My share of Brandon
1: Cooks. Oof. I, I know. Like, I would like that. Uh, we're, we're not even there yet. We're talking about Brandon Cooks. Um, but yes, Deonta Foreman, please. I'm begging you trade him. Like Adam, I don't know. If someone were to offer you, if someone were to offer you Miles Sanders for Deonta Foreman, would you do it?
0: Well, in the guillotine. Oh, actually, there are no trades in the guillotine. I was going to say that's physically impossible because I have both of them. But yeah, there's no
1: trades in the guillotine.
0: <laughs> um, if someone offered me Miles Sanders for uh, Foreman, I think I would take that.
1: I definitely would. I would take that. What about what about David Montgomery?
0: Um, that's a. Is that closer for you? It's closer.
1: He's closer, but I would say I probably would do it because David Montgomery's schedule becomes a lot better with over the next couple of weeks Miami, Detroit, Atlanta, the Jets, Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And Damien or uh, Damien, David Montgomery um, does feast on lesser opponents, but you know, the Jets have an okay run defense. But, yeah,
1: this is a great opportunity, I think, to buy low at Montgomery because the Bears run the ball more than any other team in the National Football League. So,
0: yeah, but most of that's with Justin Fields, also. True. True. So, that, that's an interesting thing. But, yeah, definitely sell high on Deontay yeah, Foreman because I don't know if he's going to do this sustainably because Chivo Hubbard's going to come back eventually. Yeah, and, he's going to come back eventually. So, what it's about- not good.
1: What about very quickly before we go and talk about the um, or no, we talked about the Fal- Did we talk about the yeah, we talked about the Falcons already? So we went to the next game. Um, but just very quickly, the end of the game with DJ Moore when he caught that touchdown, ripped off his helmet, and cost his team a win. Um, are you in the camp that DJ Moore has every right to celebrate that? Or was DJ Moore being
0: an idiot? Um, I think he, he, you you should be able to celebrate a touchdown as long as it's not like offensive to other people. I'm in the same boat. As long as you're not doing like, I don't even want to say. Okay, maybe I will. We have an e. We have an e next to our name for a reason. As long as you're not doing the fucking Heil Hitler, so thing Jesus. at the end of it. Yeah. As long as you're not doing anything of that level, you can celebrate. Yeah. As long as not pulling your pants down and mooning the entire crowd. Well, uh, what if you're simulating pulling your pants down and mooning the crowd, Randy you, Moss? Yeah. You don't do a Randy Moss. <laughs> You don't, you don't do a Randy Moss at Lambeau. I haven't gotten to that part of Joe Buck's book, but I'm interested to see if he, because I've heard that he said that he thought that Randy Moss was actually pulling his pants down and mooning the crowd and not simulating it. Interesting. And that's why the reaction is what it was.
1: It's so, it's so visceral.
0: Yeah, but I, I'll let you know once I finish his book. Please do. It's kind of like the, it's like so uncharacteristically harsh, kind of like, uh, Ray Ferraro just ripping into Patrick Steffen after he missed the empty netter. <laughs> well, I was like, Ray, Ferra- Ray Ferraro also loves Andre Palat. Yeah, I'm like, he slipped the puck slipped on like skipped on a piece of ice. What do you want? And then Patrick Steffen slipped. Why are you <laughs> why are you just ripping into him like he's showboating? Right. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, next game, Miami and Detroit. Great game for Tua, great game for Tyreek Hill, great game for Jalen Waddle. I mean, Tyreek Hill, this is like two weeks in a row with Tyreek Hill where he just puts up a million yards but doesn't score.
1: I mean, Tyreek Hill is on pace to get very, very close to Calvin Johnson's record. I don't know if people realize this. I think it's on pace
0: for like 2,000 yards.
1: Yep. He's close.
0: No, Calvin Johnson's like is less than 2,000. He
1: was nineteen seventy something.
0: Yeah, but he already has like nine hundred. I think he has nine hundred something, like almost a thousand already.
1: Yeah, we're, we're But also, you have to you also have to consider that Tyree Hill is going to get one more game. That's so true. That that also has to be taken in, into consideration.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, still, like, you're happy about Tyreek Hill. He just wished that he would have... 1964. Switched. 1964. Yep. That's crazy. I remember watching that game where he broke the record, actually. They were playing Atlanta on Monday Night Football. And Tyreek Hill, for the season, has...
1: After today, he had 773 coming into today. So just do the quick math because I can't do it in my head. 773 plus 188. He has 961. Multiply that by, let's say, two and add a little more. He's on pace for over 2,000 yards. Tyreek Hill. And he only has. He only has two touchdowns,
0: which is nuts. Yeah, that's actually pretty crazy. Absolutely nuts. So, I mean, yeah, you're happy that Tyreek Hill had 31 and a half uh, full point PPR points, but can't you just score at least once?
1: (laughs) I know who did. I know who did score, though. That's Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I know. Well, Jalen Waddle scored twice. Great guy. Great guy. Absolutely love him. This is what you get though. This is what happens when you have a, a competent offense that goes and plays the Detroit Lions at home. It turns yes. to a shootout. It turns into a shootout. It's very simple. You see your you see your player is going up against the Detroit Lions, you start them.
0: Yes. And you know who else scored in this game? Mike Kosicki.
1: And he did, and he did not do
0: the gritty. No, he did not. Very also- sad day. Also, the Dolphins did that thing that they did against the Jets—that weird, like, uh, decoy motion, full back up the middle, touchdown from mm-hmm. the one. Yep, with Allegan Gold. I'm like, can't you can't people just key key in on that now? Because and, it's it's been twice that they've done that, and it wasn't Raheem Mostert,
1: which made me very happy because I was going up against Raheem Mostert in about ten leagues today, and I was
0: <laughs> shitting my pants. Yeah, I'm just happy I didn't go up against anybody from the Dolphins. I had Tyree Kill in my work league. I was going actually I was going up against Mike Kosicki because your brother has him in the non-guillotine, but he didn't kill me.
1: Nah, I, Mike, it wasn't going to be a Mike Kosicki game where he comes out and has three touchdowns because you would expect that Hill, Waddle, and Mostert would get theirs before Kasicki would get would get his. But overall, really good game for the Dolphins and and a pretty good game fantasy-wise. From the Lions, too. I mean, Jared Goff did not kill you. Uh, DeAndre Swift scored. Jamal Williams scored twice. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get some Jamal Williams questions on the mailbag this week, I would imagine. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was fine. Uh, And TJ Hawkinson for a tight end, he was fine. And we all know, we all know if you listen to this podcast every single week, you know what we talk about with tight ends. If a tight end scores, gravy. If he doesn't score, you better hope that he's able to give you a little something, something. And TJ Hawkinson did give you a little something, something, uh, courtesy of a 55 yard catch, which really, you know, was the foundation for, for his day. uh, Pretty much in a nutshell
0: here. I have a question for the mailbag. That's from Adam Kasser. Adam is from Provo, Utah. Adam asks, do you start, is it feasible to start both Swift and Williams next week? Yes. Feasible. Yeah. If I mean, for me, like, personally, it would be tough to, to find space for both of them. But I think that you definitely could. And you might. Honestly, you start Swift because he because of the threat of him going off and doing really well. But you start Jamal Williams because you know that he's going to get a straight touchdown or two in Correct. the game. Yep. So, yeah, Jamal Williams at flex. Go for it.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're in a double flex league, especially then yeah. I could definitely
0: make the case for it. It's times like this where I wish the non guillotine is double was a double flex league. Sorry. That's not how it works. No, it is not how that works. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't make changes mid season to how the league is formatted.
1: Unfortunately,
0: I cannot. Ah, I see. What a shitty commissioner. You are.
1: That is, that is called cheating. <laughs>
0: um. Anything else for this game? Uh, nope. Okay, well, I don't want to avoid this any longer. Jets, Patriots. Sure. Ah, uh, fuck the Pats. I hate it. I hate them so much. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about the Pats
1: quickly before we talk about the, the Jets.
0: Yes. Well, uh, Jacoby Myers, good call on that one. Um, he Thank had a you. great game. Thank but you. I think part, part of that was also that uh, Devontae Parker went out with an injury. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he, even then, Devontae
1: Parker only had one target. So, I mean, Jacoby Myers just—he he dominated. He absolutely, absolutely dominated for uh, for the Patriots. You know, just in terms of targets and everything of the sort, he led the way with twelve targets. Next closest was Ramondre Stevenson, I believe, with eight, and whomever it was on the mailback. I'm going to shout this person out very quickly. Um, it was uh, Justin. Justin. Um, if you listened to Jake and I. And started Hunter Henry over Tyler Conklin. I'm so terribly sorry. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't as vociferous about it. Jake completely wrote it off. He was like, absolutely not. No Tyler Conklin.
0: Well, listen, honestly, I probably would have said the same thing because I was, because I am of the mind that the Jets don't know how to use their tight ends, but apparently they do.
1: Yeah. They don't know how to use Elijah Moore, but they know how to use their tight ends.
0: No, no, they don't. Elijah Moore.
1: Hawk leading the way with scoring on the week,
0: 25.9. Sheesh. What a petulant child Elijah Moore is acting like right now. Yeah, yeah. He comes off. He definitely comes off as a bit of a baby. It's, yeah. Like, he's a great player. Well, he's a good player who has a lot of potential, but he just hasn't done anything to warrant like making demands like this.
1: What are the odds you think that Elijah Moore gets traded after this? He's definitely angling for it. That's for sure.
0: Yes. And because I get it, he's not getting any usage or targets or anything like that. And I think stuff that he said post game did really didn't, uh help because he was like they're like oh so how do you feel about zach wilson's play and how he gets targets in the offense and everything like that he's like who what should i know i don't get the ball yeah
1: (laughs) i don't know if i have chemistry with the quarterback
0: yeah because i only because i don't get the ball Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's not good it's not good and uh hey i know i know there's a team in green bay that probably would love to use a uh, a receiver of elijah moore's uh caliber that's for sure
0: yeah and I feel like the Jets could use Elijah Moore. I mean, who wouldn't at this point? But I mean, I mean,
1: when you're looking when you're looking at the Jets just in general, and you know, you have Garrett Wilson who, you know, come back from the dead performance for for Garrett Wilson, six for a buck fifteen. But then you have Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims is getting more looks than Elijah Moore is. That, that, that that's a problem. That's a really, really big problem.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Denzel Mims was active for the Denver game because Elijah Moore got benched, and he actually had a pretty good, speaking of, like, bounce-back performances, like, it didn't really show up on the stat line, but Denzel Mims had a pretty solid game. He had a great block on Brees Hall's long touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall of blessed memory. Um, but, you know, he had a good game against Denver. Another good game. I mean, the, the 63-yard catch that set up the – uh, touchdown to Tyler Conklin to keep the Jets in at the end of the game was really what Denzel Mims like that that was his performance of the day. Yeah, um, but still, like it, it does say a lot and um, not great for somebody who started like Braxton Barrios who thought that Barrios was going to get more looks with Corey Davis being out. And honestly, I think Corey Davis being out had more of an impact than what we were led on to believe because I feel like Zach Wilson goes to Corey Davis more than the other receivers, just because he has more chemistry with him than like Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore.
1: I hope to God, nobody started Braxton Barrios. If he did, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. But uh, also James Robinson didn't really do all that well.
1: Neither did Michael Carter.
0: Yeah. But uh, Zach Wilson,
1: but again, but again, it, it's, it's just what Bill Belichick does and, and, and Zach, Zach Wilson was out there looking like he was seeing ghosts.
0: But that's just that's just what Bill Belichick does. Well, one of the interceptions was like, what the fuck are you doing? He tried to throw the ball out of bounds, but he didn't throw the ball out of bounds. Uh-huh. It, was it was like to McCourty. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the other one, the, the second or the third one was uh, he overthrew. Were they both to McCourty? Or the two in the second half? Were they both to McCourty? Probably.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Off the top of my head.
0: Oh, yeah, they were. Oh, they yeah. both
1: were to McCourty? Okay.
0: Yeah. And then the other one was uh, Juwan Bentley. But the, Yeah,
1: that was that was the one I was thinking of. I was going to say, I thought Jawan Bentley had one.
0: Yeah. So. All right, so he, th- he threw three. He threw three. So he threw one at the end of the first half, where the Jets could have gotten points. Um, and then... Uh, Mac Jones threw a pick six that should have been a pick six. If, but the NFL is soft.
1: It was roughing the passer.
0: It would do. come on. It was. What's he supposed to do? It Break was roughing the, lo-
1: the passer. It made contact to the head.
0: Break the laws of physics.
1: It's roughing the passer. You made contact with the helmet. It's Whatever. A textbook. It's a textbook. Anyway. You see that called not- hundred times out of a hundred.
0: Anyway, so he threw one interception to Devin, to Devin McCourty when he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, but it ended up still being in bounds because Zach Wilson is, is dumb sometimes. And it was intercepted by Devin McCourty. And then the other one, he threw into like quintuple coverage and he overthrew, I think it was Tyler Conklin. He overthrew Tyler Conklin and right into the hands of Devin McCourty. Cause I think he was trying to also throw the ball away or throw the ball somewhere, but he threw it in the direction of a bunch of new England Patriots. And that's, A thing that Zach Wilson, that's one of his big flaws is that he doesn't throw the ball away. And um, he tries to do too much. And it just doesn't, doesn't work for him. And listen, he threw for 300 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. Cool, but I don't know. You don't really have high hopes going forward. And I mean, going up against the Bills next week, it's going to be tough. It's going to be even tougher, even though that that game is also at home. But it's going to be very tough.
1: Joshy, Joshy, Joshy. Can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, we're done with this game. We are moving on to Cardinals and the Vikings. Great game. Great game. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Patience has paid off, ladies and gentlemen. The patience has paid off. My God. This is vintage. This is vintage DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Did you fucking see the catch that touchdown catch that he oh made? Oh my god. I'm like Woof. how did he do that? Just
1: reaches out one hand's like, "Oh, this is mine." I could t- I could tell you how he did it. Uh the same way uh the same way that Framber Valdez, you know, uh you know, has that little sticky sticky on his hand. Oh, come on. Same way.
0: Don't no, it's sweat and rosin. Everybody
1: can do it. Oh, please. Astros are cheating. Once again, what else is new? Okay. What else is new? Let's go Phillies. Ridiculous. Up the fight in Phils.
0: Great catch by Hopkins, though. Great move by Zach Ertz on his touchdown, actually, where we thought that he was going to get tackled, but then he just completely fought off that defender, and that was it. Mm -hmm. That's all she wrote.
1: Uh, Hopkins is a firmly entrenched wide receiver one in fantasy football now. Yep. Firmly entrenched. Set, forget, and he gets the Seattle Seahawks next week at home. It's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Start, 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 start. The only way that you could trade DeAndre Hopkins right now is if you are getting a marquee. Round one or round two player in return.
0: Christian McCaffrey.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Like I'm about to enter into negotiations with my kid brother for Devontae Adams. And that's the level of player that I
0: think I would expect out of a guy to get out of a guy like Hopkins. Devontae Adams could be a buy low <laughs> with how with how he's been performing,
1: we'll get there. We'll get there. So I'll, I'll, you know, we'll save it till then. But in short, before we just start talking about the the Vikings, um, if anybody is panicking about Devontae Adams, please buy low on them. Yeah, just please. I, I, I'm begging. That goes for Josh Jacobs too.
0: Yeah, and you know, talking about running backs, I mean, this is this is more of a game script thing because the the running game for the Cardinals was just non-existent. No, no. Uh, their guys, but I mean, Darrell Williams came back, he looked pretty bad. Uh, you know, Benjamin was okay, so but really is not what you're looking for at this point. But the yeah, Vikings going, going into oh. Sunday
1: night, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Adam, but Kyler Murray had the most pass attempts, uh, for the week, him and Tom Brady combined yeah. 44 dropbacks.
0: Well, they're playing going
1: into, that's going into Sunday night because probably Josh Allen, even though the Bills, they, they, the, even though the Bills might win 55 to nothing. Um, Josh Allen may still drop back 60 times like it normally does. Um, but right now, Kyler Murray is, uh, tied, tied to top for most dropbacks in week eight.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Also Monday. Cause I think Joe Burrow is probably going to drop back a fair amount.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: But uh, Joey B, Joey B, the chosen one, Joey B, uh, the Vikings. Great game for all. I mean, three rushing touchdowns from three different guys mm-hmm. is pretty cool. You you do not see that every day.
1: You don't see Kirk Cousins scampering for a seventeen-yard rushing touchdown every day. I can tell you that right now. I was like, "What am I watching? This yeah. is so weird." Yeah, yeah, but Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook had a really nice game. One hundred and eleven yards for him. Then it sprinkled in thirty more yards to the air. Uh, Alexander Madison got his rushing touchdown. It's good stuff. And then, and then Justin Jefferson looked half decent. And we, we we've talked about this with the Cardinals that they do a fa- fairly decent job of shutting down number one receivers and six for 98 on eight targets for Justin Jefferson. While it's a good day from fantasy fantasy standards, like that doesn't kill you. It he didn't score. He didn't score. And a lot of teams had a very difficult time of, of doing that with Justin Jefferson, eliminating him from, from getting into the end zone but he'll have more opportunities to do it and, and next week versus Washington is just num, num 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 that is that is yummy 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 deliciousness uh that could potentially happen. Uh Justin Jefferson revenge uh Kirk Cousins sorry revenge game next week versus Washington uh yeah that's that's good stuff.
0: Yep. So two things. One, I realized that this is a Patrick Peterson revenge game.
1: Yes. Yes and he had and he had one pick in the game.
0: Yep. And also we have a After- second
1: after he said he would have two.
0: Yeah. We also have a second immaculate sideline, line. Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt. Also double Great. immaculate as well. Great guy. I On one target. target.
1: Great yeah. guy. Absolute king. Yeah. We love Johnny Munt.
0: We do. All right. Let's talk about the Raiders and the Saints.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. I know.
1: I made, I, I, I I'm not a perfect fantasy analyst. So I come on here. I admit my faults when I am wrong. Um, I made my mother pull Marcus Mariota for Derek Carr this morning. Oh, yeah, and she's going to lose because of it. Oh, so I feel, I, yeah, I feel quite terrible. That's rough. Quite terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. No, definitely not. But but honestly. I expected the Raiders to put up some sort of fight, to score some sort of points. To be shut out in the National Football League nowadays is absolutely embarrassing.
0: Is this the first shutout of the season?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't.
0: I Maybe? I think it is. Honestly, shutouts are really, really, really uncommon. They're very uncommon, which is why when
1: when it happens to you, it's absolutely fucking embarrassing.
0: Although I can name like three times in the past four years that the Jets have been shut out. Or the past 10. No, past six. Nope. There's been a shutout.
1: Oh, week two. Week two. Jaguars 24, Colts nada.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that now.
1: There's been another shutout. Patriots 29, Lions nada.
0: Oh, that's also true. That was before the bye.
1: Mm -hmm. So this is the third shutout of the season.
0: Yeah, shutouts are hard. In in the National Football League, shutouts
1: are very hard. Yeah, you basically just have to just pack it in. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, it was just a bad, 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 bad performance all around. Not a single yeah. raider could hold their head high and say that they did anything. With that being said, you cannot be trading Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs for nothing. You 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 can't. You can't. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm like I'm I'm begging. I'm I'm like on my knees pleading. Don't do it. Like if we if we just quickly look at Josh Jacobs' schedule, if I can find him here, because he's just so buried and all the shit. I mean, Alec Ingold had more points than Josh Jacobs today. That's pretty pathetic. But he has... Former,
0: former Raider, Alec Ingold.
1: Yes. He has the Jags, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Chargers in the next five weeks. That is a great schedule for Josh Jacobs and for Devontae Adams for what it's yeah. worth. Yes. So please, please, for the love of God, don't do anything silly. Do anything silly. Do not overreact. It'll it'll be fine, it'll be fine.
0: It was still a rough game. I also realized that Jared Stidham is the is a backup. Yep. He's still in the league, backup uh-huh. quarterback for the Raiders.
1: Why are you surprised? Jared Stidham was a, uh, a Patriots ex Patriots alum. He followed he followed Josh McDaniels to Las Vegas. Why are you shocked?
0: Oh, that's that's true.
1: I mean, Josh McDaniels would, pro- would probably want to bring in Brian Hoyer if he could. Is Matt Castle available? Uh, Matt Castle, I think, is is coaching high school football. Oh. Well good for him. Great guy. Like Matt yeah. Castle a lot. Cowboys legend, Matt Castle.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cowboys legend, Matt Castle.
0: Matt Castle. Uh, what other random Patriots backup quarterbacks are there? I don't know. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. He's not a Cowboys, uh, not a Cowboys legend, though.
0: No. Anyway, yeah, this is a this is not a great great week for for the Raiders at nope. all Yep, nope. and it's not looking great for Josh McDaniels's uh, second head coaching stint or second no. head coaching t- tour of duty no definitely not and I would ex-
1: I would expect after Devontae Adams got completely taken out of this game um, I would expect next week that they get Devontae Adams involved early and often so Devontae Adams I think next week has a monster 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 bounce back
0: yeah and like the Saints aren't the greatest team in the world. I mean, this team is still rebuilding, and they're not confident in their quarterback situation. Retooling. Retooling. I, w- I wouldn't say rebuilding. I mean, they were fielding calls on uh, about Alvin Kamara from the Bills and the Eagles. Like, this team is, rebuilt, is retooling, rebuilding, whatever.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I've i heard that the Saints are not going to trade Kamara unless they're getting a package package. Bigger than Christian McCaffrey, that includes a first-round pick in it.
0: Well, yeah, because they don't have have one. Yeah, so Alvin Kamara is not going anywhere. Yeah. Although... Unless someone uh, really, really shocks me. If uh, NFL GMs behaved like fantasy GMs, then maybe you you might get a first-round pick or something for Alvin Kamara, or maybe multiple first-round picks for Alvin Kamara after this game. Please, for the love of God, don't go
1: to Philadelphia. That would be a mess. That would be a mess. I would hate that actually. Yeah, because Jalen Hurst is not check down the running backs either. Honestly,
0: Buffalo would also not be great for Alvin Kamara.
1: Buffalo would be better for Kamara than, than Philadelphia to be fair.
0: Yeah, but also it's like you just they just drafted James Cook. so why oh they... it would be
1: all, it, would, it would be uh, it would be apocalypse now on James Cook and his fantasy value.
0: Unless James Cook would be going the other way
1: unless James Cook would be going the other way. Then, then there's definitely a conversation to be had about James Cook and his fantasy value.
0: Yeah, but honestly, this is literally all hypotheticals. So we're going to talk about the here and now, what actually happened. Pretty good game for Manny Dalton. Didn't turn the ball over. So that's always that's always solid. Um, no pick sixes. But nope. the, the real story is Alvin Kamara from this game. Yeah, monster
1: game. Monster, monster game from Kamara. 8 for 62 on the ground and a rushing touchdown, 9 for 96. Two receiving touchdowns on 10 targets. Andy Dalton gets it. Andy Dalton gets it. The best player you have to get involved, that is Alvin Kamara, and he did so in bulk. So, yep. granted, also against the Raiders, who can't stop a nosebleed, but if you are an Alvin Kamara manager, obviously you, you have to be
0: encouraged. Yes, absolutely. Um, I wonder... It's weird to ask about this because he hasn't played all season or no, he has played this season, but he hasn't played in what seems like a, a long time. What does his offense look like if, and when Michael Thomas comes back, <laughs> if he comes back. Yeah. That's why I oh, said,
1: he, he's going to slide in as the one B with a on the outside that's what it would look like, you know, whether he actually gets his or not, we'll have to see, but, you know, I just want to see Michael Thomas practice and he hasn't practiced in weeks. It's true. He really hasn't. So at this point, it's a matter of, you know, wait and see with Michael Thomas and, you know, hope, hope that he's able to take the field at some point. But honestly, I'm not confident about it. No, no, you can't be, you can't be.
0: No, you really can't be. Um, and he is on many do not draft lists after this season. Oh, yeah. If he wasn't, if he wasn't already. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, let's move. Oh, actually, we have one more game before we move on into the four o'clock slate, and that is the battle for Pennsylvania, the Steelers and the Eagles. Trick plays abound in this game. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool threw a touchdown. Yes, he did. Which was interesting. Uh, we almost had... Uh, nope, never mind. Um, I, wonder, yeah. I
1: wonder if Chase Claypool is going to get moved. I, I really... I Again, I've heard mixed things about that. I've heard that there's a chance Claypool gets moved. I've heard there's a chance that he stays.
0: Yeah, I think that's really more of a matter of compensation. Like what you're actually going to get for Chase Claypool. Because he's good, but... Like he's super boomer bust. Is he actually good? Right, sort of player. Right.
1: And and I, I, I honestly, the most intriguing name that I've heard ahead of the deadline has been been an offensive player. It's been Bradley Chubb. That that's the one that I've heard a lot about. That there has been there have been multiple teams that have offered first round pick plus for Bradley
0: Chubb. I mean, that's a game changing defensive lineman. There. Yep.
1: yep. Please, God, have one of them be Dallas.
0: God, can you imagine? Oh, my God.
1: Bradley Bradley Chubb with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. My, uh, Micah Parsons is the best defensive player of the National Football League. I don't care what anybody says. Well,
0: that would just be unfair if that was the case. but Oh, my God. The rich would get richer. Sticking with the Steelers, uh, good bounce back, comeback game for uh, Pat Fryermuth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great game. And uh, Deontay Johnson also did really well. Mm-hmm. Probably George, Pick-
1: George Pickens with a big fat zero is not nice. No, that's concerning. Yep. Yep. And, and again, and again, Najee. Najee doing nothing. Yep. Nothing again. That's um, definitely uh, quite concerning. Six catches really saved him. Um, goes on the bye next week and then has New Orleans, Cincy, two tough matchups there. But then it does get a little bit better with Indy and Atlanta. And then we go Baltimore, which is not great. But then fantasy playoffs, not too terrible for the first two weeks. Carolina and Vegas, not too bad. And then at Baltimore, week 17 is a little bit daunting. But you definitely have to see a little bit more out of Najee. And I did actually trade for Najee in a league this weekend. I traded Juju, Eno Benjamin, and. James Robinson for Najee Harris, Drake London, and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was just the third man in the deal that the guy wanted me to take. Just drop him. I was like, okay,
0: fine, whatever. That feels like really one-sided. That feels like a really one-sided trade. Why? I don't know. I feel like, was well, this pre-trade James Robinson or post? Is it like Jets James Robinson? This is Jets' James Robinson. Huh. I don't know. It just feels like the value on the Najee, like the value that you got, was way more than the value that you gave up in that trade. Oh, I agree.
1: I agree, but it's also buying low on Najee, who has done next to nothing. And, you know, with Juju, Juju has had two monster games in a row. Yeah. But Juju is never going to start for me when I have... (laughs) When I have Michael Pittman, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, and Stefan Diggs all on the same team. <sighs> oh, oh, and uh, and the two running backs. Oh, sorry, the three ru- the three running backs there were um, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, Deonta Foreman.
0: Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! Talk about the rich getting richer. Hey, what can I say?
1: What can I say? You gotta buy. You gotta buy low sometimes, Adam. Take some
0: yes. chances.
1: Take yeah. some chances. That's what I did with Alvin Kamara. Got to take chances.
0: Yeah. Um, moving on to Philadelphia. Uh, great game for Jalen Hurts, as per great usual. Game, great game, really, for everybody. For being, yeah. Honest. I mean, AJ Brown just woo, holy shit. Well, great game for everybody. Not in Devonta Smith. Yeah. No, you get yeah.
1: yeah. Five for twenty three. That is that is an odd stat line.
0: I know. Is very weird. That's that's
1: 4.3 yards per reception. Close if my math is right. 4.6. 4.6. All right. My math is a little off. That,
0: that's, that's not bad. Odd. That is odd. And the longest catch out of those five catches was for 14 yards. God so, mighty. Yeah. Not great, but I feel like we kind of expected this. With AJ Brown coming to the Eagles in the offseason, that Devonta Smith was not gonna take over games. Yeah. And AJ Brown is, and he has taken over a couple games this season. He's the alpha. He's the yeah. alpha
1: in this offense. And then if you're looking for the number two, it's Dallas Goddard. On yep. All six of his targets for six for 64 yards. A very nice game again from Dallas Goddard, who's just been he really has been, even though he hasn't Scored since week three. He has been so super consistent for fantasy managers that yeah, the lack of touchdowns is a little bit annoying, but he has been super, super steady that he basically is a non-story. We're not talking about Dallas Goddard, which normally is a good thing.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And It's interesting also because tight end is a position that you, with how thin it is, you like scoring has so much more weight because that's what really sets you apart on a week to week basis is just simply getting into the end zone. Yep. But Dallas Goddard doing that without scoring is also is like really impressive in it's own right? Yes, it is. Um, Miles Sanders also did really well this game so that's good scored yeah
1: all you can ask for not a lot of carries and took one he took one of them to the end zone so
0: yeah yeah and not a lot of rushing from jalen hurts but that's really because pittsburgh was down early in this game so exactly yeah nothing crazy about that uh four o'clock tech uh texans titans in houston when oh when oh when will brandon cooks get traded to a real team? Hopefully, hey, tu- yeah. hopefully Tuesday.
1: Listen, Brandon Cooks, he was sitting on two catches for however many yards for the longest time, and I was getting ready to just scream, curse, throw a fit. And then Brandon Cooks found a way in garbage time to end up with four for 73. That is good work. Same with Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce was doing nothing. And that final drive, catching the receiving touchdown, Glorious. Glorious, glorious, glorious stuff from Damian Pierce. Saved his day. Um, yeah, the only the only Texan that I really trust wholeheartedly at this point is Damian Pierce. I don't trust Brandon Cooks. I expected a bigger day with no Nico Collins, and it just did not happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a point where OJ Howard was the leading receiver of of this team. Uh huh. Yep. Until that last drive, and it really isn't garbage time because it was still a one score loss. And the Texans were an onside kick away from potentially tying it. But mm-hmm. um yeah, Brandon Cooks on that last drive or the last couple of drives, he got a fair amount of targets, yeah, and catches. But just please trade Brandon Cooks to a real team. Save I'm begging. Brandon. I'm- Save Brandon Cooks from this hell. Yep. I'm begging. Um but the Titan, the Titans, how uh, the Titans. So Malik, There's Lewis, the only one guy to talk about. It's Derrick Henry, obviously. Holy shit.
1: This is what's, like. What's crazy, too, is I knew Derrick Henry was having a huge day, but I didn't know how big of a day he was having until someone actually alerted me to it that he had 219 rushing yards. Yeah. Because on Red Zone, I feel like I didn't see any of that game
0: i saw i think i saw the first touchdown that he scored and then that was basically it holy shit i agree holy like, shit oof. i mean derrick henry is the only guy that did anything in this offense and yep. malik willis really did look like a guy who was in to start with ryan tanhill being out raw only yeah So
1: very, very, very raw,
0: not ready for prime time. No, not yet.
1: Not yet. No.
0: Yeah. Not yet. The tools
1: are there. The tools are most certainly there, but this is definitely still Ryan Tannehill's show.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the Titans were buoyed by their running game. I've never heard that before. Literally never in my entire life. Have I heard that before? Right. Well,
1: I did. I I believe I did say on the mailbag or on the preview. I I forgot which one it was. But if Ryan Tannehill did not play, Derek Henry was probably getting this ball 40 times. He got the ball 40 times.
0: Yeah. Well, he got 32, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was on the preview that you said that. It was on the preview? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do remember you saying that. All right. So I was close. Yeah. Still, though. Still good. Thank you. Uh, next game, Commanders and Colts. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. He, He's another one. He's another one who was doing nothing. Yeah. And then garbage time.
1: McLaurin, 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 McLaurin. He should that that catch that he had at the goal line that he took away from Stefan Gilmore. Holy shit.
0: I know. I was like, that's catch. crazy. That's why you pay Terry McLaurin. What a catch. Those that, was, are the, that was good stuff. Those are the services that Terry McLaurin provides.
1: Yes, indeed. Every,
0: everybody needs a Terry McLaurin in their life.
1: Well, I don't know about that. He definitely gives me some agenda from uh, from time to time. But, I mean, yeah.
0: yeah Only else, when Carson Wentz is in.
1: I don't want to see Carson Wentz on a football field. The Commanders are winning games without him. Yeah. Without him. He stinks. He's terrible. Taylor Heineke is that guy. He's that guy. Yes, I agree.
0: But uh, yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I mean, the celebration that he had, it, I didn't even know he was from Indianapolis until I heard it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. It was a homecoming. Yes, I, did. For I did. I
1: did. I did hear that, you know, I, I had a, I had a buddy that texted me saying, you know, watch out for the, uh, the Terry McLaurin homecoming.
0: He might have, like, he must have had homecoming. a lot of family in attendance. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he yeah. did. But, yeah, great game from him. Great game from – great bounce back or just game from Antonio Gibson also. And yep. he's lo- looking like – like this whole team looks like it has renewed energy with Heineke under center.
1: Yes. Yes. Very much so
0: which is not great for Carson Wentz, but whatever, who cares?
1: Uh, it, it, I, I don't ever like to talk about Sunday night football all that much, um, but AJ Dillon just had a 42 yard rush. Oh yeah.
0: Nice. No. Okay. So. Well, yeah, but otherwise like nobody else really on the, on the uh, commanders did anything of note. So I guess we can kind of move on to Indianapolis and, uh, Sam Ellinger in his first career start, which is kind of crazy. Uh, he looked okay. He had the one drop from Michael Pittman at the end of the game that you didn't see, apparently, but it was it was rough. If he it was like the second to last ish play of the game, yeah, I did, not, I did not see that, but it was he basically had it in his hands. He was like looking to make a football move and then it just fell out of his hands. That like, sucks. What the that fuck? Sucks. Like, what is going on? I don't even have Michael Pittman anywhere.
1: And this is why I don't ever like to talk about Saturday Night Football. Uh, the ESPN uh, fantasy cast lied to me as I had the game on behind me. It was a two-yard rush for AJ Dillon, not 42.
0: You know, ESPN's fantasy cast is really weird sometimes because I saw that Michael Carter ran for negative 25 yards on a play mm-hmm. during the Jet game. I was yep. like, what? Yeah, what now? I was like, no, no, he did not. It was you know they got the you got the yards mixed up.
1: No, he did not.
0: He no, he did not. He did not. <laughs> he did not do that.
1: Did not do that. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor stunk again.
0: Yeah, and that that fumble that he had was
1: was killer. He he has got to be the worst number one overall pick that we've had in fantasy for a long, long, long time.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if it was you or Jake that made a bold prediction about him just not doing either not doing it again or being a bust. I think it was Jake. I think it was Jake, but kudos to, to you, uh, Jake on doing that, on making that prediction. Yep. Because Jonathan Taylor looks bad. He looks very bad. And I mean, he did leave this game uh, due to injury. So, and he might still be hampered due to injury. So you kind of have to factor that in, but Looking at it from a cold perspective, it's like, who cares? Like, if you're playing, you, you're you expected to put up points.
1: Correct. And he got stonewalled. He got stonewalled uh, for a touchdown, and then Naeem Hines was able to get in from six when he couldn't get in from one. Yeah. Hasn't scored since week one. It's just bad. It's just bad. And I'm going to really struggle to have Jonathan Taylor ranked as a top 12 running back moving forward.
0: Yeah. And it seems like there are a lot of guys that – Like the running back position is not as like kind of scarce as we thought going into the season. So I think it's harder than it sounds to rank Jonathan Taylor inside the uh, top 12 going forward.
1: It's going to be very hard to do it, especially when you have guys like Tony Pollard, uh, Kenneth Walker, Joe Mixon, uh, Debion Pierce, even that simply are doing the business more than he is.
0: Yep. Uh, Good bounce back for Alec Pierce. Also, he had a great catch.
1: Yeah, a forty seven
0: forty really seven yard bomb um and uh Paris Campbell also had a good catch at the end of that game. yeah, and I got and I have to
1: say very quickly before we, before we uh, do move on, uh Sam Ellinger did not lose them the game, which I think is is very, very important for him. yep, absolutely did not lose them the game.
0: and you know they were in it from the from the end or
1: until the end, yep, absolutely. Absolutely, but they have they have to get themselves a quarterback. We we yeah. talk about this I think every every year at this point.
0: Well, every year since Andrew Luck retired.
1: Yep, they need to get a quarterback, and it is still very much true.
0: Yeah, and it's been three three years now that we're three or four going into. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like been nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, four years of. When are the Colts going to get a get a quarterback for, of the future? Like, when are they going to draft a guy with a high pick and be like, "We're going to build around this guy"? How much you want
1: to How much you want to bet that we see Nick Foles at some point?
0: I don't know. I mean, Sam Ellinger looked okay. I don't think it's going to be terrible, but I don't think it's he's going to have to be pretty bad for them to go with Nick Foles or get only, hurt or get hurt. But. Um, I know for one thing that they're probably not, not going to go back to Matt Ryan again, which is really unfortunate. Nope. Because Matt Ryan, I've always kind of liked, I've always had like kind of a soft spot for Matt Ryan. He's been a, been a cool, good quarterback. He's a very Adam quarterback. He's an
1: <laughs> boring, should... boring, dry, very unexciting. It gets the job done. That is an Adam caster quarterback. If I have ever seen one.
0: Well, currently he is, but in his prime he put up yard. He put up like crazy numbers in fantasy. Yeah, in his prime. Yeah. No. Well, now, even like to start the season now, Matt Ryan, no way. But in his prime, like when he was go, making it to NFC Championship games and should have won a Super Bowl if not for Kyle Shanahan, um, he, he was putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid. That's Super Bowl hate that super bowl so much anyway last game of the slate or oh, actually uh we have two more games because it's the uh niners and the rams and then the giants and the seahawks so we're gonna start off with niners rams please tell me you saw that catch that christian McCaffrey made oh ridiculous he's inhuman
1: yeah, I, I, I really apologize for uh say that Christian McCaffrey may not be all that in San Francisco. That was that was just a bad take.
0: That yeah, was a bad, I mean, bad, bad take. Yeah, and this was definitely a take out your anger kind of game for San Francisco after getting manhandled by Kansas City last week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: Yeah. They had and they
1: had the Rams' number.
0: In the regular season, anyway. Mm-hmm. Because in the NFC Championship game, obviously the Rams won, but they've won, but the Niners have won eight straight regular season games against the Rams. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if their record against the Rams is, a couple, is like at least 10 games over 500, like all time.
1: I definitely have to look that one up just, just to see what the, uh, what the numbers are.
0: Just because there have been so many great 49ers teams and there were some really bad Rams teams when we were growing up. That I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. But anyway, going to the here and now, Christian McCaffrey's great. Threw a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, caught a touchdown. What more? What else can he do? Like triple crown. Triple crown. First, Unbelievable
1: stuff. First player to do it since Ladanian Tomlinson, 2005. <sighs> to Love throw, it. to throw for, run for, and catch a touchdown
0: in a game. That's a uh, Jets legend, Ladainian Tomlinson. That is Jets
1: legend, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yes,
0: and that's not even sarcastic. He was a Jets
1: legend. Jets legend. Yes, and our good friend Brandon Ayuk had a nice game. George Kittle had a nice game. Overall, the Niners they've they look good. They looked yep. really, really, really good. And for the Rams, it was just the Cooper Cup show again. Obviously, the injury is a major, 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 major,
0: major, major, concern. Well, yeah, because he's the offense. So what's the offense going to look like when the guy that you use the most is not playing?
1: Once again, I will repeat this. If Allen Robinson is on your waiver wire, you must... And I mean, must go pick him up. There is absolutely no excuse. He must be rostered. Period.
0: I would also start Tyler Higbee as well. If Cooper Cup's oh, going to be out,
1: absolutely, absolutely. But even Tyler Higbee left hurt.
0: Yeah, that's true. And Tyler Higbee has been hurt from for a lot of the season too. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know incoming Brandon cooks trade. Maybe that's a, one of the rumored destinations it's him or it's uh, the Rams, the, the uh, Packers, the giants, who knows.
1: Right. Right. And there, there are a ton of, there are a ton of teams too, that need receivers. I know we talked about this on the, um, on the, um, on the mailbag apologies, Um, but there are about, 32 teams the national football league that do need a wide receiver so it just depends on dollars quite honestly
0: yeah i mean brandon cooks would be great on the cowboys if they could afford him
1: oh yeah he would be but i i think my my wet dream right now is odell
0: Beckham. to be quite honest that would be interesting Yeah, it would be it'd be very ironic I'm sure Giants fans would have a conniption seeing Odell Beckham in a Cowboys uniform.
1: Hey, Jerry Jones said he likes him.
0: Yeah. Well, who? I mean, he's a good player, so why not? Right. But uh, last game here, the Seahawks and the Giants. Giants lost for the second time all year to the Seahawks, and it was not a one-score game. It was a two-score game. And uh Saquon Broccoli looked pretty good, but the Giants just still don't have any receivers. And they just traded one of their receivers to Kansas City for a third round pick. So did you and Jake talk about the Kadarius Tony trade?
1: Uh yes. Yes, we did. Okay. Cool. Um basically you knew it was let down with the Giants coming at some point. Um and it just so happened to come in one of the toughest places to play in the national football league. um. Which it, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not a bad loss. I, I don't think this is like, if, I, if it was a bad loss, I'd be the first one to jump all the giants and say they're frauds, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, this is not a bad loss. They, they just lost to a good Seattle team at home, a very tough place to go and play. And it, it's, it's okay. I I've definitely, I have definitely seen worse losses, from from teams and this is not one that i'm going to hop all over the giants for and say you know this was uh their own doing or anything like that it was just it was a bad bad loss and they'll stick they, they got to shake it off yeah and richie james though with two fumbles on special teams that only to get then get carted off with a bruised ego uh that definitely uh does stink
0: <laughs> with a bruised ego mm-hmm. yeah that was rough though from richie james that was like uh, Kyle. No, is it Kyle Williams? The got for in the NFC championship game like 11 years ago with the Giants and the Niners. Yeah, Kyle Williams. Yeah, the muffed two punts that yeah. basically handed the game to the Giants. No, what was his name? Was it Kevin Williams?
1: Um,
0: uh, oh, God. I think I could have sworn it was Kyle. It was Kyle Williams. Yep. Against the Giants. Yeah. That's another game that I have a photographic memory about for some weird reason.
1: You have photographic memory when it comes to everything.
0: No, no, I don't. I Um, really
1: don't. (laughs) uh, Definitely confirmed and just happened. Uh, Dawson Knox touchdown from Josh Allen.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Moving on to Seattle. Maybe the, uh, maybe Joe Douglas can call John Schneider and be like, hey, is Geno Smith available? How funny would that be? Full circle. Full circle. Cycle of no. life. I'm just kidding. Or am I? I am. Geno Smith did look pretty good in this game, though, throwing for 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but the real story is Kenneth Walker, honestly. Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker just continues to rampage throughout the league I mean that touchdown he scored, he legitimately was like I, I could not be stopped.
1: That that little that little uh, cut spin juke that he had right at the line of scrimmage was sexy. That yeah. was sexy stuff, and yeah, Kenneth Walker is the real deal. And even though he did not have his best uh, rushing game today, he's still yeah, he's legit.
0: They made a good pickup on yeah. Kenneth Walker.
1: Yep, good draft pick. Good draft pick. DK Metcalf scoring. Uh shocked that he even played to be quite honest. But but then again, he he looked fine and it it wasn't like that he was in and out or anything. He played. He played a healthy amount which is good news for anybody that has DK Metcalf. Uh Tyler Lockett had two critical errors on the muff, the on the strip fumble, excuse me. And then on the drop touchdown where it hit him right in the grill. But then caught the touchdown, made up for it, and still had a very nice day.
0: Yeah, that drop touchdown was was definitely killer. But, you know, the Seahawks won, so who cares? Right, but he should have had two. Yeah, he should have had two. That's, that's for sure. All right. Well, we already previewed Mon- Monday night. So yes, we did. Let's... And that's it. So looking forward to Bird and Jake not doing the preview and the mailbag this week. Maybe I'll be making an appearance on the mailbag. Possibly. We'll have to coordinate schedules. But we'll, we'll see. coordinate that for sure. But hopefully I'll be making my first appearance on the mailbag. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Basement Talk Podcast Fans Cheer. You can find all episodes of review Podcast. for my co for my co host at I'm Adam Caster. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Bye bye.